Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited because today we have on Anna Romo. Anna is a business coach for creative entrepreneurs and product-based business owners. She has had a very interesting journey to this place in her career. So she herself is also a product-based business. She owns um, Virtue Alchemy Candle Company, which she started in 2020. And in addition to that, she founded the Chicago Makers Pop-Up Shop with her co-founder, Monica Little. They initially started the Chicago Makers Pop-Up Shop um, during the pandemic because all the markets that a lot of these business owners normally participated in were closed and they wanted to open up a new resource for them. And in doing so, they learned so much about entrepreneurship and about what makes a successful product-based business. And so they have decided to take all that knowledge that they know and start sharing it with the world. And they actually have an incredible free resource, which you should go sign up for right now. It is the Product Biz Society Facebook group. Um, It is a free Facebook group where they put all sorts of helpful tips and tricks and is a great way to connect with other entrepreneurs who get what it's like. And so you can sign up through the link in our show notes um, to the Facebook group. In addition, they have another free resource, which you should sign up for because why not? We like free things and free advice. So go and sign up for their webinar on March 16th at 11 a.m., which is all about creating consistent sales in your product-based business. You might be thinking, okay, like I'm an artist. I'm not a product-based business. Yes, you are. If you have a product, you are a product-based business. So you can go and sign up and it will apply to what we artists go through on a you know daily basis, trying to create consistent sales and a regular um, income stream. So Highly recommend signing up for that webinar on, once again, March 16th at 11 a.m., and the link is in the show notes. And with all of that being said, I am so excited to introduce to you Anna Romo. I'm just so excited to have you here today. Obviously, we got to know, I got to know you, like, through the Chicago Makers pop-up shop, but you've since before and after the Chicago Makers, you're doing so much. So I'm just excited to hear all about these ventures and specifically, I'd love to hear like what the pivot from the Chicago Makers pop-up shop to now um, Product Biz Academy is like and what you're doing with that. Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you put it that way. Cause I was like, man, what we just did was a pivot from a pivot. Like we're just like, right. we're like a pivot queens. I feel <laughs> like, like it's great. honestly amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I think the one thing I will say about it is I think it's just when literally when you follow what's lighting you up, the energy comes, the momentum comes and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a burden or work. It doesn't feel hard. I mean, of course there's struggles whenever you try something new or start a new venture. But, um, I just think, you know, Monica and I are both so on the same page with literally what is lighting us up. What do we love doing? And even in our business, like when we actually sat down and said, okay, what aspects and what tasks do we actually enjoy doing? And like, naturally we fell into front of house and back of house kind of stuff, you know, where I kind of became more front of house and she became more behind the scenes. And it was just like the perfect yin yang, but it's because we were doing what we were excited about. So yeah, talking about that transition from Chicago Makers pop-up shop to Product Biz Academy, it might sound kind of like totally out of left field, but when Monica and I first started the Chicago Makers pop-up shop, you know, it was because there were no 
markets. There were no fairs in the winter of 2020. So we found an empty storefront and we're like, let's help other small business owners like us still sell their products. And while we were doing that, we kind of by accident created this sort of new realm of store because we were actually helping the small business owners. Like, here's how to market yourself more. Here's what you can do on your website. Here are other stores that you should reach out to, which I don't think a lot of stores usually do. So we kind no, of- they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and here's other markets you should do. And here's what we think of those markets. And, you know, we started having these questions come at us and we started answering them all the time. And eventually that evolved into this kind of, hey, we're kind of becoming like, almost like a learning center or like an incubator in a way, because some of the small business owners that started with us part-time were able to go full-time into their business, start their own pop-ups, do create their own markets. And it's because we started sharing what we had been learning in the moment in our own business. And then other people got to share too. So then this evolved into, well, let's put everything that we've learned and all the questions that keep popping up. Let's create a coaching program where it's just all in one place. Because a lot of us small business owners like take bits and pieces from different places, you know, like podcasts like this and YouTube videos and what are other people doing? But we're like, well, what if we just put it all in one place? And that's where the first iteration of our um, coaching program came from. So we recently um, decided, you know, with in this alignment of what lights us up, what gets gets us excited. It's the helping people. It's seeing them actually grow, hit their goals, get into more stores, go full-time in their business. And so we originally, we called it Chicago Makers Academy, just to kind of flow with Chicago Makers pop-up shop. But we realized we want to open this up because people in Chicago know people in other places that own businesses and they'd want to bring them into the group. And it was just too hard. So we're like, well, let's open this up. Let's Let's make this product biz academy for any product-based business owner, because everything we've learned is still applicable wherever you are in, this, in, the, in the US. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, and then to make it easier to access each other, we just created the Product Biz Society, which is a free Facebook group. And it's basically where we're starting to build up this community of product-based business owners who are ready to commit themselves, dedicate themselves, ask questions specifically about how do I grow and how do I get to the next level? So we're really excited that kind of this, this first thing to help small business owners in Chicago has evolved into this thing where we're not just tied to one place. Absolutely. I was thinking just about that, like use earlier use the word incubator and I really like felt like just the vibe of the Chicago makers was very much that like I've had experience with other like markets and things and you guys are a lot higher touch a lot like caring more and like it was clear to me that you enjoyed you know working with people and seeing them succeed and I guess I just have a question you know um just about the one thing about the Chicago makers, just out of curiosity, and this will probably flow into um, product biz Academy, but what were some of the like through lines of creators and makers that succeeded in the Chicago makers pop-up shop? Like what was some like common attributes or what were some things that they learned, you know, because I feel like you had such like a front row seat to how all of these makers, you know, were making it work. So I think that's really cool. Thank you so much. That's a really, really good question. So I think one of the things, and this is what we, this is just the thread and this is what really has inspired us to go forward in our coaching is the, the main differentiator was 
small business owners who see their business as a business and not just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was, I would say that that's like the golden thread. That is the absolute reason some, some folks may have struggled a bit more, you know, it's, and this is something that we explore a lot is what are, what is that kind of inner dialogue going on? Maybe in the subconscious that you're not, you might not even know is there because maybe it is so new to be in business. Or, I mean, I love your post because like on your Instagram, you share your journey about becoming an artist and you know, like even the new series that you do, like from look from the outside looking in, you would think, oh, she's been doing this forever. She's super confident, but like you share your vulnerability. And I think owning, owning that part of the business owner process is what makes successful business owners successful saying, I, I don't know everything, but I know this is what I need to be doing. And that is the thing that keeps them focused and motivated every day, no matter what. Do you have, um, I don't know if I'd call them clients, students, um, do you have artists that come to you kind of not knowing if they, when they're looking for coaching, would they be coming to you being like, how do I know if it's a hobby or if it's a business? Um, when that becomes, and I think that's where we have a lot of listeners who they're in this middle space. Like I'm sure they want it to be a business, but there's so many steps to get there. Is there any, um, what would you say to that kind of? So what I would say to that is I can't answer for you if you have a business or a hobby, right? It's it's such an internal question. And I think, you know, I know a lot of your listeners are artists. So like they're already very much in touch with that inner self. And I think it's just really asking yourself, is this the thing I want to support my life? And knowing that if it is, there are going to be new types of sacrifices. And the cool part is that it's also going to exercise like your creative brain and your creative problem solving. So that's something we talk a lot about in our coaching is um, how do you still put yourself forward and take care of yourself and your product making and your art, conserve your energy? What's the best use of your time? How can you be efficient? Which are all important things, I think, for an artist or any other kind of like business owner. The two worlds absolutely cross. And I mean, I would just say really look at where your life is, how you want it to look, and what it would take from you in order to get there. It's definitely a mindset shift. I I so agree with that. I think that from, from my own perspective, you know, has been the biggest differentiator of, you know, transitioning from, you know, making my business successful was a change of mindset. And so I know just stepping back, rewinding a little bit before Chicago Makers pop-up shop. I know you were really into yoga and you're going to, you and Aaron are going to connect on this, right? Or you were, I don't know if you were yoga instructing or you were leading like small groups, right? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Do you feel like that? I mean, I sometimes feel like we, our podcast is like practically like spiritual. (laughs) Yoga and fitness and health and wellness a lot, but we always like being your best self, it affects your art. Yes. Like, and it affects your business, your happiness. Like, and I think that's like what you're saying is like, do you want this, your passions drive that fuel and that energy and motivation? And you, that's where you try to figure out be, to get that passion 
you need to be happy. You need to be in a good spot with yourself. I think it, it's an evolution. So 100% evolution is one of the biggest words, I think for, for any human, but especially a human who is becoming a business owner or who is a business owner, you always need to be ready to evolve, ready to learn. And Monica and I actually, we have a coach. We, we hire coaches as well. And he says, you know, your business is a reflection of you. So exactly what you're saying, like wow. if you're taking care of yourself, if you're happy with yourself, if you're in a, coming from a place of joy, then that is going to come through in your business and it's going to come through to your customers. And that's, that's just how you're going to start generating abundance and wealth and able to make a greater impact on the communities and, and lives that you want to. Absolutely. And I love that you have a coach because I think so many, myself, people, myself included, um, like struggle to ask for help, especially, you know, when it comes to like, I know, for example, this is maybe speaking more to people, artists rather than like, I don't know, like the differentiation of like a maker or somebody, but like, for me, it's like, I can't outsource my art, right? Like I can't hire somebody else to paint my paintings. And so like, I have this pre, like, I have this issue then of like control of like, I have, I'm the only one who can do this. So therefore nobody else is going to get it. And I like, I'm afraid of asking for help. And I'm just curious if you have worked with people like me, you know, other people who kind of are reluctant to relinquish some control. Um, and like, or if that's like a factor at all. Oh, 100%. Like as a side note, I, I was also the same way with my with my company, Virtue Alchemy Candle Co. I mean, I didn't want anyone else making my candles because I was like, no one else can do it right. I didn't want anyone else painting my labels because I was like, it's not going to be right. But the thing is you start learning. I can, and this is a little bit different than yours. So on the one hand with right. my business, yeah. you know, like I had recipes for my candles. I've actually taught someone. Now I have someone else making my candles for me so I can work on other things with art. Yes, you're right. No one else can recreate one of your paintings. However, how many other aspects of your business could be passed off to somebody else? You know, what so many, I'm sure. Yeah. So, so what, you know, so you start thinking about what are the non-creative parts of your business that need attention, but not necessarily attention from you. Uh, for example, reaching out to galleries, right? That's something that doesn't necessarily need to be you typing that out and sending them. That could be no. something that no. the template that someone else is doing. What are some things that you just, just get somebody fresh off who's coming in and what are some of the things that you might tell them or some changes you might suggest for their business? You know, is it super personal or there's some like templates that you like, not that you have to give away all your secrets, <laughs> but like, what are some like just basic things that other creatives could use to help their business grow? I'm just curious. So the first thing is really the mindset. I mean that, yeah. you know, and I actually just did a post about this where it's like imagining your business, even if it, whether it's product-based or creative or art-based, imagining it like climbing a mountain that you've never been to before. I mean, right. you wouldn't just go and start doing it on your own. You would look for someone who can recommend what kind of tools you need and the best way to best pathway to go. And so by asking you know, a guide for their advice doesn't necessarily mean you're giving up control. It just means that someone's helping you along so you can reach the top of the mountain faster, safer, not fall off the edge because you get distracted. You know, um, you know, you and that success at the end is still all yours. It's not the guides. It's totally yours. And so the same way, you know, 
when you join the Product Biz Academy, we're there to help you reach the top of the mountain, but you're doing the work yourself. So we actually, um, we have like worksheets and templates to help you set those goals and figure out, well, what are you trying to accomplish in the first place? Because that's the first thing is finding your focus, right? Once you know your focus, then you break that down into projects and tasks. And once you know what tasks you need to accomplish, you figure out what do I love doing and what lights me up, which you know is the theme here, and what doesn't get me as excited. And that's usually a good way to tell when you might be ready to bring someone else on or ask for help, or like you said, relinquish that control. Something that sparked something um, was talking about not losing control and helping that guide is helping you climb the mountain safest in the best way possible. I have a phenomenal CEO that I work with who he always said what makes him such a smart business person and such a smart leader is that he hires people that are smarter than him. And I mm -hmm. always thought that was such a great insight. It's like, if you want to bring your business to the next level, like you don't know everything, which is fine. But that's why you can find people that do know it and use them as your guide and your help and your support. Absolutely. 100%. And that's, that's what's so important. That's coming from that like posture of, I want to keep learning. Who else can I learn from? And that's why, yeah, Monica and I have a business coach to help us be better coaches and yeah. also to help us run better businesses. So, you know, because we're product business owners too, we also want to be improving and growing and reaching more people and having a greater impact. So um, yeah, it's just been, mm-hmm. I'm sure that also helps, you know, your students then too, right? Like you get new insights and you're growing. So of course, then it like flows into that too. Absolutely. It's definitely, it definitely flows both ways, which is so, so exciting. And like I said earlier, evolution is a big word for me and, and our business. So that's something that we keep at the forefront and we always want to learn. I mean, we get to learn all the time. And again, like, our new Facebook group is another place where we get to learn from more people from all over the country at all different stages in their business, which is even more exciting, you know, because I've been a business owner since the pandemic started in 2020, but I've gotten to work with business owners who've been around for 15, 20 years. So it's, it's really exciting and inspiring to mix all of that knowledge together. Absolutely. And I guess a question I have, um, you know, you, you talk about Monica. So how did you and Monica meet? And what is it like having like a, you know, a co-founder, you know, it's a lot of people like do this solo. Like, what is that also like? I love this question. So we met online. I, um, it was me. I reached out. So I started, um, my very first business I started in the pandemic was busy body retreats that you kind of mentioned it. It was like a self-care circle that, combined um 60 minutes of like this was in person before the pandemic hit but a little bit of massage yoga journaling aromatherapy and it was all about like recharging and what i did was i'd reach out to other women-owned businesses around chicago that were related to self-care and i'd ask them would you like to be a sponsor for my self-care swag bag that i'm giving to my clients so monica happened to be one of these women-owned businesses and she said yes so um that's how we initially connected. And then 
I wasn't able to continue that business. So I started making my candles and I was learning like how to reach out to markets and stores. And she would start sending me, have you reached out to this one or that one? And then I would be like, oh, do you know about this one or that one? So after a couple months of chatting online, we finally met in person and over coffee, I showed her this empty storefront I had found. And I was like, hey, I found this. I was thinking maybe like an indoor market with rotating people. And she was like, well, what about a store where we can help even more people? And so that's where that started. So literally seven days after we met in person for the first time, we opened the Chicago Makers pop-up shop in Wicker Park. That's wild. That's wild. After, you know, having coffee for a couple hours, but in that couple hours, again, it comes back to like that genuine connection, what lights you up. She taught me about human design and that was really cool. And we connected on travel and why we started our businesses. And she's also very much into like yoga and meditation and self-care. So it was like, it was just easy. And we said, well, well, we have this lease for two months. We'll see what happens. And then what, whatever. And then January came around and the community, the business community that we've been working with, you know, all these artists and makers were like, keep going. So we found another spot and we got a one-year lease and, you know, we tried everything. We tried everything last year. And that's what it was. You know, like we tried markets, we tried multiple store locations. We tried pop-ups, we tried more partnerships and collaborations with other businesses. And 100% I cannot imagine doing this journey without her to this point like it just would not it just wouldn't have happened it it wouldn't have existed I just think we both like I said we we're like yin and yang we just have incredible strengths that help each other's weaknesses and then we get to oh it's just been amazing like talk about growth and personal development I just I feel like we've both helped each other so much. And that's another reason why there's this incredible energy in our Facebook group or in our coaching program or anything that we've done together, really, because it's coming from this place of like, we both want to learn. So we keep learning from each other. And I just think having a co-founder after also having the experience of starting my own business, it's it's like that quote, um, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's That's really what I think. That's a great quote. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really, and I really feel that's true with having a co-founder. It's like a built-in support system. It helps too. 100%. Why go on the journey alone? And even with this, our podcast, like I swear, like, I don't think our podcast would have continued if we didn't have each other, like keeping us accountable. And I think you both like started something really big too, you know, like it was a lot you know, to coordinate and everything. And it's like so crucial, I'm sure to have somebody else to bounce your ideas off of who gets where you're at, like you're in it together. It's critical. I'm sure. It's absolutely critical. And I think you spoke to it exactly. Like I, like you can't imagine the podcast without each other because of that. It's the same thing. Yeah. Same thing with everything we're doing now with product biz society and Academy. So you both come from, are you, were both of you always like creators and in the creative space? Um, cause you said that you originally were making candles, but before that it was the busy body retreats. Um, where did Monica's like background come from or like to bring it to that, uh, first pop-up. So it's just wild. Um, so I was a full-time massage therapist and then I lost my job. So then I started making the candles. Monica had worked, um, in logistics with different, uh, corporations. And so she started her her small business, plant-based beauty, 
while she was working full time. And it just reached a point where she was like, I can't do both things. Something's got to give. And she took that risk and she went 100% into her business. She quit her job December 2019. And then, wow. The <laughs> I know, I know. So, like, and then, the, it's, and then the pandemic hit and she, man, she just like hustled so hard. And again, it's, it's just that whole like being alone in that. She still pushed through, she still had that resilience. And that's another thing that when we actually connected and got to meet in person, like you pick up on that stuff when people share their stories and their inspiration and why they're doing what they're doing. So, you know, I'm sure she could have found if she wanted to, she probably could have found like a remote job in the industry she was in before, but she was like, no, I'm dedicating myself to my business. And I think that comes back around to that question you asked me earlier was, how do you know if you're in a business or a hobby? And I think, you know, when your back is up against the wall, and someone says, well, here's the easy way, or here's the entrepreneurial way. <laughs> and you say, no, I want, I want to take that entrepreneurial path. You're a business owner. Absolutely. I think I talk about, um, burning the bridge <laughs> to take the Island all the time. Like, because I, or burning the boats to gallon, whatever that quote is. Like, I felt like in order for me to actually take my business to the next level, I had to get out of my head that there was the alternative to look back or, or go back to where I was, you know, it's like only forward, you know, this is the choice I made and I'm going to see it through. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree with that. 100%. I love that. I was going to also ask, I had a question about, um, what is it like, you know, you had so many things you were working on like at once, like, right. I mean, you have the candle company, and then you're also doing the Chicago makers. And then you are pivoting, you know, kind of starting this new venture. What has it been like balancing more of this product base? And we've talked obviously about now you're, um, you know, offloading some of those responsibilities, but balancing like basically two businesses, like what, it, what is that like? It's hard, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's hard but, but honestly, the key has been asking for help and just making that work. And like I said earlier, you, we have these beautiful creative brains. So finding creative solutions to making that possible. Um, you know, I learned last year with balancing so many things that my self-care had to come back to the forefront. And so this year, yeah. And you're both nodding. <laughs> so we both had that realization at the end of last year, I would say when we were, I, I'm, it's gotta be a creative thing. Like we just take on so much and we want to dip our toes and everything. And I think it's that eagerness to learn and explore. Um, but we both were kind of like burning ourselves that burning from each end and deprioritizing our own self-care and putting others, uh, first. Yes. Every, all of everything you just said, absolutely. We were going through the same thing. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners were too at that point last year, because it was hard not to. I mean, we were all bouncing back from complete shutdown to like kind of semi-openness. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, how do we navigate this thing that we've never had to experience before? Plus so many of us are navigating this new thing in a new capacity as business owners or creatives are trying to, you know, build something. So it was, um, it was really hard last year. And so this year, that's why we decided, you know, the best thing for us is going to be only focusing on a couple of things, which for both of us is our product-based business and our coaching program. Um, so already self-care can become more of a priority because now I have more time than I did last mm -hmm. year. 
Um, I honestly, like, I can't say enough about offloading tasks. Uh, there was somewhere, oh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like, you, you look at stuff at your to-do list and what you need to do. And this stuck with me. And it was like, you either delete, delegate, or put it, you know, change the date. And those, that's really oh, helpful because one thing, yeah, delete, delegate, or change the date. And for me, that's been super helpful because, and I've said it to Monica too, in my brain, everything is a priority, all caps, same level. So how do you figure out how to like actually prioritize things? And so that's something that's helped me, especially this year, especially this month. Honestly, I took, I took January off from making candles. I was like, that's one thing that I just need to not do right now. I was working on other plans for that business. Um, and that's why I'm able to like bring in help now and have, you know, I'm getting my website redone. I'm redoing my branding, but it's because I took myself out of the physical space of making them. So I think that's a huge part this year of I'll be able to balance this better because I'm listening to what I need more. And I'm communicating that with my business partner, which is massive if you if you are working with someone else. What is, um, not to change the topic, but what is your candle business called? It's called Virtue Alchemy Candle Co. And the whole uh, intention behind it is that you can transform your life through the powers of virtues like fortitude and joyfulness and endurance. So each fragrance is named after a different virtue. And then each label is hand-painted to connect to your chakras. I created unique affirmations for each one. Um, and it's, it's honestly, that's what helped me through the pandemic. Like before I started making the candles, I would just burn candles and kind of focus on those virtues. And I was like, yeah, I want, and the reason alchemy is so important to me is I love like, I just, I love like the more like mystic and like spiritual kind of stuff. So that idea of transforming like a base metal into gold is kind of what I imagine happening when, when we work on our mindfulness practice, you know, we're turning just like a basic day or kind of a blah day into something that's really special and precious. It is crazy what lighting a candle can do. Like, I swear to God. So I've gotten the practice now of like, when I do yoga, like I light a candle and I'm like in the mood now. And I'm like in that mindset. And I also just, as a little side note, I wanted to say that I actually bought one of your candles for um, my future mother-in-law um, for Christmas because she's been really stressed lately. They're in the process of moving. I think I got the Serenity one and she loves it. it. Julia, was that, you what's bought that? me. Those oh yeah, and I bought you one too. I'm obsessed. Used... That's why I was like, I wanted to you look up the label. I'm like, I'm... <laughs> I was like, everyone in my life is stressed, so I'm going to get them this candle. <laughs> oh, thank... well, Serenity is one of my top sellers. <laughs> yes, I'm true. Within these times, <laughs> I carry it from room to room with me. Oh my, no god. oh my god <laughs> I think I'm at the very bottom of it because I like was I had all like my holiday candles and finally I was like I gotta put these holiday candles away and I busted out the one that Julia got me because I think you brought it to me probably like November-ish yeah I think um, I got it for you because you were hosting a party and I was like yeah. you always need like to chill out after you host a party yeah so yes <laughs> no, I, I think I, I think you brought me two but I I have I so. the serenity one is the one that I have burn through real quick but no joke I, I love the scent so much like I'll have it in a room with me I'm like this other room doesn't smell like this so I'll like bring it with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god reach out to me I'd love to send you another one thank you for having me on here it'll be a thank you 
Yes. So everybody listening, please, yeah. if you want some peace in your life, go buy a candle. They're great. They are. And like, you have a very strong product, truly. Like I, I'm not just no. saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I have not smelled any, like a candle that smells like that. I don't even know what the scent is, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So serenity, <laughs> serenity is, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just glad to hear it's working, you know? So serenity is a blend of, um, jasmine, some tonka bean, which kind of has like a vanilla and like, um, almond sort of fragrance. And there's like a light musk to it too. Yeah. Cause I, I'm usually a muskier person, but I, there's a little bit of a sweet note to that, which I really like, which mm -hmm. I was like, it, cause it's not too heavy. It's just like that, that perfect, like level of like sweet and musky and it's calm. It's calm in a bottle in a jar Good. can. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Cause I'm definitely more drawn to those calming, like spa, like fragrances. Yep. So another one I have is hope cause it's like white tea and ginger. Um, that one's for your heart chakra and it just, yeah, that's another, that's another favorite. So I love that. I'm writing well, this I know, down. I know you started this, the candle company during the pandemic and right. Is that correct? Or, okay. Where did you like turn to like, had you always been interested in candle making yeah. or like, how did this, this develop? You know, I'm so curious because a lot of people, like, as we discussed, like they're in that maybe hobby stage and then they're transitioning to a business and like, how did you grow your knowledge? You know, uh, just in general, it's, it's very inspiring. Thank you. Well, um, it just started because I ordered a candle making kit. Like I just looked online, like, where can I learn to make candles? It's something I'd wanted to do because I was burning through them so much. And I was like, there's, there's yeah. gotta be a better way. <laughs> and, they, and they can get expensive if you're if, like, yeah. you're like me and you're constantly yeah. burning them. Yes. All I the did time. The same thing, but I never yeah. made it to actually getting the kit, but I was like, I should just make my own. And then I was like, two, one too many projects. That's right. I, I put my barrier and I was like, just, you're just gonna have to buy them. <laughs> good for you. And that's good. That's okay for now. You know, like, yeah. Let me make your candles for you so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I ordered a candle making kit. I watched a lot, of, like I was talking about, I mean, where a lot of small business owners start as hobbyists, you know, I was looking up YouTube videos. I looked up like how to instructions on Google. And um, then I found through candle science. I mean, I love them. I just, I, oh, I'm getting some samples from them soon. I just got a call from them today because I have like grown my business through them that now they're sending me samples to check things out first, which is really cool. That's but so cool. That's it's awesome. really neat. I just had that call today. So, and that's just because like I've, I've been consistently trying and ordering and reaching out to them and communicating, but that's really what it is. You know, I joined Facebook groups all about candle making to learn more. Um, and I would actually engage in them and ask questions and then just meeting more candle makers around Chicago being able to ask them questions and compare notes and you know like I don't use wooden wicks I don't want to try it because I think it'll just be too hard but I like to use soy wax and there are other candle makers who are like I will never use soy wax because it is so difficult and finicky so it's it's cool because I know it's kind of like nerdy for any of the candle makers out there that are listening they'll be like oh yeah they're gonna feel one way or another but um that's I love that. That's really how I grew. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's the same. Like with I'm art. the same way with paint. I'm yeah. like, I have very, yeah. I have very strong opinions about the paint and things. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Me and topography. Oh yeah. I'm really judgy about fonts. <laughs> but that's good. I love that. Like, oh, and that's what I love. I love when someone is just so unashamedly 
nerdy and in love about the thing that they're in love with and they just own it and they're like yeah this is what I love and this is where I'm at but you can still have conversations with other people about it and you know that's that's how we grow and that's how I was able to grow my business and down the line I do have I do have plans to create like a candle making course for people so that they don't have to do what I did, which is go to all these different sites and resources to figure it out. I just, I want to create something where it's all in one place. Cause I've never been able to find just one place that tells me exactly what I need. And I just think like, wow, how much time could I have saved? How much, how much further could I have been if I could have just been like, oh, here's my one thing. Here's my crash course. I feel yeah. like that'd be really successful if I'm being honest. Like I, I could see so many people like taking that, even like people who maybe are like, oh, I'm not sure if I want this to be a hobby or whatever, you know, and then like, right. that, I think that's great. I'm excited for that for you oh, in the future. Thank you. Yeah. And like, and that's a future plan because right now. You gotta focus I'm on not, one thing at a time. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, it's really about that. It's about practicing what I'm preaching, what I'm trying to teach to our students in the Product Biz Academy. And even to our members in Product Biz Society, you know, focus. It's hard. It's hard. It's you know? hard. It's but, really hard. <laughs> Will your Product Biz Academy, is that living only online or that also be in person or like so options? For, yeah. So for now, Product Biz Academy will be online. Um, we're going to be relaunching it in the spring. So the best way to stay up to date on that is to be in our Facebook group, um, the product of society. And we are actually this Friday, um, going to be doing a Facebook live, our first Facebook live in the product Biz society to talk about a tool that we're releasing tomorrow. So if you want that tool to kind of help you with focusing, um, I'd, yeah, join us at productbizsociety.com and you can join our Facebook group and get access to that. And it'll just help get you into that mind frame that we keep talking about where That's you don't awesome. go, ah. yeah. 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 Um, something I've noticed, which I want to know your thoughts on this, um, mm -hmm. hearing your story and where you, how you've evolved through all, through these businesses, continuing these businesses. And they always say like successful businesses are businesses that solve a problem. And I think that's what I found this little thread through your story of like thinking about like where you're at in your life and realizing you can't be the only one that is hit, has run into this wall or barrier. Um, and I think, I mean, I have to applaud you, especially for the pop-up, like, like to ta to take that leap of faith and a lot of guts. It's yeah. a lot of guts. Not a lot and of people like, can do that. I could have done it without Monica a hundred percent. It would not have happened. Did you get like, I would have had a nervous breakdown. I'm not lying. I'm like, I just feel like it would have been so scary to well, you and I have like talked that. about like similar, like, like when on the podcast all the time, it's like, where do you sell? How do you sell? Where, what can you do? And all these things and how like talking to boutiques or talking to interior designers, et cetera. And it's always like, we've, I think it, there's so many creatives out there that know that that's a need, but no one's ever you know, done it for the team. Um, so I have to say like, it's just like, and just bringing that community together and at least like, um, obviously the business is evolving, but I think it's still that will live on in its own way um, through the connections that people have made and even just the awareness that was brought to their products at the time. Uh, I think I even like, when I went and saw Julia's work actually in the one in Westtown, I was like, this is like the best. I was like, this is like a mod, like I'm an Etsy fan. Um, mm -hmm. because I, I buy a lot of stuff off of Etsy because I like to support the arts and the creatives. That's how I find, I mean, that's where I think about, like I sell uh, greeting cards too. And I always think of no, one's going to look up Aaron Elizabeth's greeting cards, 
but there's a better chance and I'm in marketing, the SEO will be better <laughs> in uh, Etsy. But mm -hmm. the challenge with Etsy is as creatives, like I need to see, I need to feel, I need to, you know, I need those senses to really see like, is this, I'm, I'm an art snob. Like I need to know what the material is and it's hard to tell from a photo. Um, like if I'm buying a card, is it like uh, glossy? Is it one-sided print, two-sided print? So things like that. So I think it was just like a phenomenal, like it creates such a new experience for people to like actually see these things and knowing it's basically bringing this artist uh, product community together. Thank you. That yeah. is just, no, that's, that was amazing. Was <laughs> and that, that's the craziest thing. And the most amazing thing about it is that we just, we just planted a seed. We didn't know what kind of seed it was, but we're like, let's just toss it out there and see what grows. And then that is what came out of it. That was the fruit that came out of our efforts to just make something happen. And what we loved is that we were able to do that on, on like a small scale for Chicago. But the thing is like, as a pop-up, you know, it was always going to be temporary and we had three month, you know, um, rotation of artists. So being on our shelves for only three months, that's not going to help a business grow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But instead teaching, like, how do you reach out to those other stores? How do you get your products into more hands so that you're not just on Etsy so that you are in a hundred stores across the nation or five stores across the city in different neighborhoods so that, yeah, Aaron can go in and feel your work and see like, is this smell really what candle? Hey, smell the candle. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, that's why people love markets so much because they get to feel and smell things. Um, but, you know, in, in a longevity mindset of how am I going to keep making money a market, you're trading your time for money, right? And, yep. and that's why it's so important. to, And that's why in the business academy, product business academy, we just, we really try to help with that mindset. So, you know, it, it's about working through your business each level at a time, one step at a time. And markets have a step, but are you there yet? or have you jumped a few other ones to get there? So yeah. even in my own business, you know, like now that I've done the product, now that I've created the Product Biz Academy with Monica, I've learned so much that I'm like, I kind of need to go back and like re rebuild some steps that weren't there before. Absolutely. It's like you are teaching people how to fish rather than just like giving them, you know, a place to fish. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. I think it's very, it's a good, it's, it's definitely taking it a step further, your business and your, what you are trying to achieve. And a question I have for you. So is actually about markets. So mm -hmm. I am somebody who do, I do art festivals in the summer and I've really just done them kind of as like a way to meet new people, but I've really focused my attention now online because I just feel like I can reach more people that way through online. Um, but I do know a lot of artists that I meet at these festivals who are like marathoners. I mean, they go across the country, they go everywhere and they have to physically be present at all these markets. And I don't know how they do it. Like I'm exhausted after one weekend. If you're somebody like, me who's like, I don't have the stamina to do a market like every other day or whatever. What are some ways that it, as like a product-based business that you could, you know, do something that's a little bit more sustainable for your business and for yourself? This is exactly what we go over in Product Biz Academy. Um, I think a lot of people already know the answer, but they, 
are comfortable with doing the thing they know, which is yeah. markets. Because I, I mean, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I'm, I'm on the border <laughs> somewhere. Introvert. I'm an More extroverted introvert. Extroverted yes. introvert. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like with I, people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when you're at a market, like, would you say like all the people are your people? No, I am very, it's like definitely an exhausting experience for me. Like I leave it very drained. I'm not, I'm, it's not something that I like thrive in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, and I am, I love, I all, I love doing markets. Like that's something that I loved doing a hundred percent, but I would still be exhausted at the end of them. So, so even though like they drain you and then you're tired and like, I love them, but then I'm tired. Like, okay, there, there must be something then about markets. Right. That are exhausting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the, the biggest key is really looking at your business and figuring out who, who am I targeting? Like, and where, where else would they be other than going to markets? So like, once you start thinking more about who you picture buying your stuff, once you start thinking more about your target audience and how do I serve them? How do I make it easy for them? So like, that might mean working on your website and like Aaron was talking about SEO, you know, really optimizing it so that you're showing up that's a huge thing. Like think of where else can you sell that isn't markets? And that that's going to be your answer. And it might be uncomfortable because it's different and you haven't done it before. And you look around at other people in your category and they're not doing that. Yeah. And that's scary because you're like, well, I'm out here alone, but yeah, you're out there alone. So you got less breaking ground. Yeah. 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 You got way less competition. So you're going to be the person that they're going to, they're going to your website. They're trying to find you online. And, um, yeah. And so we want to make it easy. We don't, we don't want it to be harder than it already is to do that when it's already scary. And that's why having a community of people who are also ready to take that leap of faith on themselves and be like, I'm going to be crazy. And I'm going to be the one that's not showing up at the markets. Like what, but where, where are you showing up then? And it's all about where are you channeling that energy? Um, and how are you magnetizing your brand so that people find you and you make it easy for them? And in marketing, just like a little marketing, uh, data stat, it takes someone seven times to see like an ad to actually sink in. And when I think of selling your creative or your art, that's your ad, that's your walking billboard. Um, so it's like, just, if you keep showing up to the same spot, it's probably the same person seeing it. Um, which you want to avoid it being white noise to them, but it's like, we're in seven different locations. Could you, I mean, obviously that's extreme. You're not going to like follow them to the gym and then, you know, grocery store everywhere they go so they can see your piece seven times, but it just shows like, you'll never really fatigue. I think trying new spaces, um, it's just well, learning. To put that in a literal sense, like, you know, I know these artists, you know, return year after year after year and do the same festivals. And it may take seven years at the same festival for someone to buy a painting. And I've had that where there's been someone who's like, I'm on year like five now of art festivals where like I, there has been a person, I know this happened last year. I did a festival and they're like, I've seen you here for the past like three years. And they finally bought something, you know, and it's been four years that's a four year investment to get yeah. one sale. Like that's crazy. There's a way better way to do that. And that's online, obviously. So. 
but that's the thing, you know, what if four years ago you had found a community like product biz society, exactly. or, you know, where we could be like, Julia, how else, can you, doing? <laughs> how else can you spend this time? Yeah. You know, and, but that's, you know, but that's, that's what happens. We learn from our experience and, and then we're like, okay, now I know, but if we can learn from someone else's experience, we can get there a lot sooner. But I, I just, I really like that example that you gave and I'm glad they bought your painting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Well, Julia, I think of the experience that you had, I think, was it, what large department was it that you painted? Um, the floral? Oh, I did it um, at Saks Fifth Avenue. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like that's just like such a unique, like in a different space, like, sure. But I think about like the time and investment you put into that versus you put into um, going to a festival, even though it's so different and very different, but you probably reached it. Was it, definitely, it was definitely like easier to do. But anyway, so I, I did like a Saxon Avenue hired me to be their painting, which <laughs> is like nice because it, and then people could buy this stuff. So it was like, oh, wow, I'm actually getting paid. My, my time is being paid. I'm not like gambling on if I'm going to make money at this thing, you know, which I think a lot of these markets, like you are really taking a gamble, you know, you could go and no one will buy anything, you know, or, and that is, I mean, that's the, that's, that's how it is with a lot of things, but I think the odds are a lot better, right. If you're getting, if you were in more shops and, you know, and also not to diss all markets. Right. But I, do you think not like shops are like a better option where you don't have to be physically present, but you can have your products like in people's shops. Is that a better option? You think? It's all about building those steps yeah. to get to where your goal is. So markets have a place in getting to your goal. Mm -hmm. It's just, do you have your foundation already built so that you don't have to completely rely on, on these things? You know, like we had a coaching call um, the other day, actually, with one of our, with one of our Product Biz Academy students. And she was like, I don't like doing markets. They're really draining, but I really think I need to, cause I need like a bump in, in my sales. And we're like, but what are these other things that you can be doing? Because what's it going to take to do a market? And she's like, well, I got to research them. I got to apply for it. I got to pack up my car make sure I have all the display. We're like, how many hours would that take? She's like, all in all, just to prep for it, probably like 10 to 12, you know, once you do all like the back end and like getting ready stuff and then actually doing it, it's another eight. So now we're almost at 20 hours and we're like, okay, where else could those 20 hours go? And you pay for it, don't you? Isn't there a fee associated? Oh, with yes. Usually, okay. so usually you do you like pay. your quote unquote, like hourly rate. Like I think all artists and creatives should give themselves some kind of hourly rate um, yeah. just so they can do that comparison of like, okay, if my time is valued at, like, I'm going to say, $3,000 an hour. <laughs> um, <Sure>. Like, <laughs> why not? Um, like, would I make that up in one sale at the festival? And then maybe it's worth the gamble. Let's say you're selling something for like a million dollars. Sure. Why not? But that's where I think it's always good to kind of, and it doesn't matter what your rate is, um, but just give yourself some kind of rate just as a starting point. Absolutely. And actually our coach, our coach does that. He, he had us um, really do the math. Like how much do you want to make this year? And then divide that by the hours in a week. And that actually is what helped me start finding a way to, to hire people on and help me because I was realizing these tasks that I could, that I pay someone $15 an hour for, which is, 
you know, mm -hmm. basically equal to like one of my candle tins, mm -hmm. you know, like if I can sell one candle that I just got an hour, of, I just paid for an hour. Um, you know, whereas like, let's say my rate is like 120 an hour, you know, like I'm spending $120 on a task that could be done for 15. Yeah. So yeah. you start yeah. thinking of it that way. And you're like, Oh, like yep. your time, your time really is money. And I love what you said, Aaron, like give yourself, give yourself that hourly wage in your head, whether you actually pass it on through your product or not, but just, just holding that number though, helps you see the value that you bring to your business. Yeah. It helps you remember your worth. Cause I think yeah. so often, um, us artists, you know, we get really self-conscious. Like I know about, especially I've raised my prices for my paintings and it is subjective, especially with paintings. Like it is not something that can easily be like a number can be associated with. And so, so many artists struggle with like pricing their their work I guess I was wondering if you have any recommendations for somebody who may be struggling to value their their work you know I think this is an experience across the board whether yeah whether you're making art or candles or jewelry um we're all making something and and our business all has you know it's a reflection of us and it has a, a piece of us in it so yeah it is a very personal thing the key again is knowing who your target audience is, who your target buyer is, because for them, when you're, when you're attracting them and you're aligned, they are going to see that value and that worth. And they're going to say, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I was selling candles to some people for $44 that, and they wouldn't even think about it. And other people were like, I would never spend that much in that candle. I'm going to the dollar store, you know, but it's because those people aren't my people. They're not. So I don't have to worry about it because yeah, that's I, okay. You don't have to appeal to everybody. Yeah. Right. And, and you're not, you don't want to, you don't want to, I would say you, in the marketing world, there's, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to. No. no, it's, it's really important to know, to really nail down your target, your perfect customer, your perfect collector. And that's, that's something that takes time and you have to step out of yourself. I know one thing for me was working through branding, it's, it's not about you anymore. It's about who you're serving with your products, with your arts and what do they want to see and what are they willing to spend? So, and it's hard because I know Aaron, you said like, we shouldn't want to be for everybody. We just, we can't be. And I really hope that your listeners are listening to that because it's okay that you're not meant for everybody because the people that you're meant for and your product is meant for, oh, you, they're just gonna be obsessed with you and they won't be able to wait until your next drop. And they wanna see everything that you're doing. It's just, it's just the best feeling once you get into that alignment with, with your core customer. And something too, in that regards is something I've struggled with, with that like space of like your target audience is because I'm, I'm working on a clothing line and I am not my target audience. Mm. And that I really, really struggled with. I was like, I want to be my target audience. Like I wanted it. That makes it so much easier for myself. Would I spend that amount of money on something? Maybe like, no, yes. Like I, I kept battling. And I think like, I don't know, Julia, if you can relate to that, like just because you can't mm -hmm. afford your product doesn't mean people can't and people don't yeah. value it. And I think I struggled so hard when they're, when I was working with, uh, consulting with someone and I was there like, this is what you need to price this at. This is the value of the piece. And I'm like, Oh, I, I, that makes me very uncomfortable. Um, and it's taking me like five months to wrap my head around and be like, well, you know what? Like, this is a quality product. This product 
cannot be produced for any less. It's just the, yeah. I mean, I'm doing slow fashion. It's not fast fashion. And in order to do that, it has to be unfortunately expensive one day, maybe we'll change it, but, that but it's art. I struggle with, cause like as a painter, right. I, I'm at, at, at this point, I'm not buying other people's paintings. I like, cause also I have so many paintings. I could just like throw one up on the wall. So like I'm not in the market for buying paintings, like pretty much at all at this point. Someday I really want to become like a big collector, but not there yet. So it is hard for me to put myself in the mindset of somebody else buying my art because I'm like, oh, well, I could just, I could make that, you know, that's my mentality. Like I could make that. Mm -hmm. And I have to, I've had to really like undo that and realize like, well, not, not everybody can. And so therefore my skill is unique and highly valuable because it is, it, it is unique and not everybody can do it. Yes. And I love what you just said, because you have this belief and then you were able to kind of talk yourself to the other side of it. And that is such a big thing that we do with our clients in Product Based Academy is we help them get over those kind of hurdles. So like, Aaron, you know, I would even ask you, you know, is there something that is holding you back from thinking that you're, that that is the value of your, your slow fashion product? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, like, you know, you said, I know that this is what it takes to produce this product and it's slow fashion. And so you, you know, all those things that like, okay, here's the like factual side of it, yep. that this is what it's worth. But what I'm asking you is what is that like roadblock inside you saying, but, 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 oh, I can definitely tell you because I couldn't be like friends and family support and buy. I think that's a challenge because I want my friends and family to love and be able to experience my product. Um, not to say that not all of them can or will, but there is like it. I'm also very, I love, I want to always, I know we, as I even said to myself, like you can't reach everyone, but I think the yogi in me, I'm also a yoga instructor. I want everyone to feel welcome. I want everyone to be included, but that unfortunately society has different ways of, you know, moving things. And I think that's, what's always kind of held me back with the clothing but I've also started, we did an original launch with, not launch, we started working on it. And in order to have it the prices we wanted, I, ha I hated it. It just wasn't the quality. I was like, I'm not going to put my name on this. Like this to me, like I could sew at home better. Like I just wanted to make sure like I was getting good fabrics and it's an investment. So people aren't just wearing and tossing. It's something that you invest in and hopefully it sticks around for 10 plus years. I love that. And that's, that's like, that is your why, yeah. you know, like it, it comes, it becomes something bigger. You're trying to actually, and what I hear you saying is like, you're trying to help the environment. You're trying to make sure that people are starting to think of their clothing as an investment because you start investing in the material things, you know, and I'm assuming it's maybe like a yoga kind of brand, which is also, or is it not? Oh, okay. No, but it's, it's just luxury. It's luxury. It's bringing up uh, most people that shop in the luxury space aren't very sustainable or aren't very mindset in the environmentally friendly. So I'm trying to, it's where sustainability and luxury collide. Um, wow. You shouldn't have to sacrifice the environment to look fashionable or, you know, there's a stigma with like, you know, hemp and being grungy. If you're like a tree hugger and environmentalist, like that does not mean anything. And we've actually found, um, we are, we're working with cactus leather 
And not only is it a vegan leather, but it's also doesn't use a lot of water. Um, so it's helping the environment in multiple ways. And that's not the only fabric, but it's just like understanding, like I, we, I originally looked at the yoga space, but then I was like, there's so many people out there. So many people do it. I'm like, that doesn't have enough of an impact. So it's like, where can we really tap? And it's taken, I mean, Julia, we've been doing this podcast for over a year now and this, my it's evolved and she's just been yeah. on the journey with me and it's changed. And it's, I think that's what I've heard a lot. Like both of you is like, it's evolving. You're learning. And as you gain more knowledge and information, it's okay if you don't jump right away. Um, but I also encourage you to jump. Like I did jump right away and we stumbled and we fell, but we learned from that and we've picked up and now we are on a better track. Exactly. And that's what it is. It's just jumping and not knowing what's going to happen and just doing it. And that's what sets, that's what sets us apart from someone who's just doing it like on the side as a hobby. You know, once you take that jump, it gets so scary because failure feels more real, I think, than the safety net of a hobby or just kind of an idea or a dream. Absolutely. Yeah. But if, but I mean, what would both of you say? I mean, both of you are so into your business. Like, what would you say to someone who's like still scared? I mean, I, I mean, I sometimes find myself still scared. I find myself working from a place of like fear, right? Like I find myself like doing like a panic sale, like, oh, I should put everything on sale. Like my launch didn't go as well as it should. But I think finding like, as you've said at the beginning, like your why and like the energy and the thing that really you love and using that as the driving factor and being confident in that is going to sustain your business. And so I don't know, I think being scared is okay. It's never going to not be scary, but recognizing that like you can live with the fear as long as you're grounded in like what you love and knowing that you have faith in your ability to sustain it. I think that's for me at least, but. Yeah, I think fear is healthy until yeah. it's either gonna affect your safety or it's um, holding you back. Um, I think fear really does help motivate and drive um, decision-making as well. And kind of what you were saying, Julia, is like, I think, I mean, if that was someone from, if I was telling someone like, I would tell them like, it's normal, like it's allowed. And I, we, we talk a lot about like giving yourself grace because we are all so tough on ourselves and you'll be like, I'm too nervous to do this. I'm like that. That's okay. Like that's normal. You're allowed to be nervous. You're, and I think it's finding that support system. And I think we all need cheerleaders in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually speaking of like pivoting. There's a new TV show called pivoting (laughs) or something like that. And it's about these like three women who lost their best friend. So there used to be like a group of four and I watch it and it's, it's on Fox. It's a very not so serious show, but I have to say, I watch it. I'm like, these women are just each other's biggest fans and support system. Um, One was a doctor who now is bagging groceries because that's what she wants to do. They are her biggest fan just because she decided to do something different they didn't go like, oh, you're going to do that. They, they support her. They're like, let's do it. Let's see what you look like in like that outfit, you know? And I think that's like, when it comes to like this kind of stuff is like really just finding the right people to surround yourself that are going to help build your confidence. And obviously not in a toxic way where you're like, you know, everything, but like in a way, I think it's really important because it's tough out there to be your own cheerleader. I think you really need to find others to help. 
Yeah, it's about finding others to help, but also, but also learning how to be your own cheerleader, you know, also oh, yeah. recognizing like, I am stopping myself, I'm paralyzed because of fear versus like, I am trying to grow and I'm going to make a move no matter what happens, because I'll learn something from it. And I think that's, that's something that's so important. I love that example you gave about the doctor in the show going to be a, a bagger, you know, because like, that's where she's happy. That lights her up. And she yep. probably has the best conversations with those customers. She's making people's day. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think that is that that's such a great, that's like the theme that we've been talking about today is like what actually lights you up. And that's why like entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. Some people no. might want to keep it as their art, as their hobby and not make it their full time. And that's, that's okay too, because not everyone is meant to do the exact same thing as everyone else, but it's about knowing that about yourself and being really honest. You know, do I, do I want to at least try? Is that, is that something that I really want? Would it make me happy? You know, and that's, and that's when you find that community too. And that's okay. But for those that are looking for that community of like cheerleaders looking to grow, looking to go full time, that's what we wanted to create. And so, so we did because we wanted that community. So we made it. I really love that you said that bit about not everyone's supposed to be an entrepreneur, because I think some people listen to our podcast or listen to other podcasts that are like, I mean, I, I think we do try to say very often here, like you're not proponents of like hustle culture and that everybody has to like start their own business. And, right. um, I really love that you validated that because I think some people, like, it's almost like they think it's like a shortcoming of theirs that they don't want to be a business owner or they don't, they just want to enjoy it for themselves. And I think recognizing that that is totally okay. And like, that it, you don't have to turn it into a business, but it, like you said, if it's something that like is keeping you up at night, it lights you up and like the idea excites you, give it a try. And if you fail, then you tried and that's, that's great. So yeah, 100%. And like, you know, I want to, I also want to say this too, just because I support people going to their own business, I don't support hustle culture either. Oh like, yeah. I don't, absolutely. I don't think you have to work yourself to the bone and burn out to be successful. Um, I'm completely the opposite. I believe that there's completely yeah. balance and mm -hmm. care because yeah, if you burn out, your business is going to burn out, you know, yeah. same thing with your art. If you burn out, your art is going to burn out and you need to keep that light alive. So that, that should always be your number one priority, no matter what you're doing with your life, a hundred percent, keep that light alive inside of you, whatever you need to do. I love that. And I love you know, people listening who maybe are interested in joining um, Product Biz Academy know that, right? That this is not like you joining some kind of like boot camp that we're going to like make you grind to the bone to like, you know, I, I think that's really, that's refreshing because I think there are some programs I've seen out there where I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I have the energy to like, to do that, you know? That on, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it is self-paced. I mean, it's a three month program in that like the one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, the group coaching calls. Um, we're going to be adding some other features like co-working. That, that's during the three months that you have access, but you have access to all the videos, all the templates, all the checklists, you know, all the blueprints forever. And every update we make, you get that too. So it's very much about making it fit into your life and your lifestyle, but also adding that bit of accountability and structure that we hear from a lot of creatives and business owners that they, they do want you know, to a degree. So that's, that's been, yeah, that's been really, really awesome too. 
I wanted to just say, where can people sign up for the Product Biz Academy or sign up for the Facebook group? And also, do they have to sign up for both? Can they do one versus the other? So right now, the best way to stay up to date with everything will be to join our Facebook group. So you can just go to productbizsociety.com. And that's where we're going to be doing all of our updates in real time for everybody. Um, We will be launching Product Biz Academy again in the spring. So um, they can also join our email list by joining our our Facebook group. Also by following both Monica and me on Instagram. So my Instagram is anaromo.biz and then Monica little underscore. So we'll be, we'll be updating there as well. That's, that's a great way to stay in touch with us. Um, and then once you do enroll in Product Biz Academy, you uh, get accepted into our members only Facebook group. So that's where students are that have been through the program who are currently in the program and everyone kind of shares what they're doing, what they're working on, struggles. We have um, kind of exclusive uh, content that we share there as well. So it's, it's just been so fun. And we would love to see all of your listeners in there, (laughs) the ones that are interested in business. And if you're interested in the hobby, then we're so excited for you. And if you're Chicago based, then you can join our other group, the Chicago Makers Resource Group on Facebook, which is more local. um, And it's just kind of focused for anyone who is an artist or creative that wants to join. That's awesome. And I'm really, really excited and happy for you guys that you, like you at the beginning of this conversation, you're like, we pivoted our pivot. And I think that that's wonderful. And I really think that this group, it sounds like it's going to help so many creatives and um, entrepreneurs. And thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so enlightening and helpful. um, And I'm just so, so happy to have met you, you know, because you reach out and you're so engaged with the creative community. So it's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julia. Thank you so much, Erin. I had so much fun. This was, this was such a great conversation. I just feel super energized right now. We hope you guys feel energized too. And thank you again, Anna, for joining us on the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. And if you want to hear more from Anna, be sure to follow her on Instagram at anaromo.biz and be sure to sign up for the free Facebook group, Product Biz Society, and be sure to sign up for their free free is clearly the word of the day, free webinar on March 16th, which is all about how to create consistent sales in your business. Who doesn't want that? So all of those links are in the show notes. Go check them out. And thank you guys again for listening. And we hope to see you back here next week. 